today we are having a COVID-free zone, believe it or not. What do you think about that? I'm not going to mention the word again. Welcome to the Aesthetics Mastery Show, the show designed to help you raise the bar and thrive in your aesthetics career. Now on week three of lockdown, am I right? Or is it longer? I think we're coming into week four. So what are we talking about today, Miranda? Okay, so we're going to have a not corona-based show. We're going to talk about lumps in lips. So that complication can show itself in various different ways. And how do we tackle it? How do we overcome it? And what can we do about it? And we've also got a download. Where do you get the download? So if you go to the description below, there's a link through to Tim's website. And on this particular blog page, there are various resources. There's videos, there's there's blogs, etc. And if you just pop your email address in there, you should be able to access those things that you can digest at your leisure. Great. Let's jump in. Now, when I had my lips done, I had a lump there and I just thought nothing of it. And it did resolve within about after about two to four weeks, something like that. But I just left it. So what percentage of lumps and lips are actually just coming as a result of the needle? And we should just disregard them. So you're talking when you say a result of the needle, it's it's a traumatic lump. So it's to do with the trauma caused by the needle going into the lip. And they are um, probably the most common, I think. Um, which is simply that you get a little bruise, cause a bit of inflammation. Whenever you get um, blood in the skin, it causes an inflammatory response. We're designed that way so that we heal. Um, and that's a signal that there's trauma. So white blood cells will rush to the area. They'll clear up all the debris. But obviously they are there and that means you can feel them. So a lot of what you're feeling is the, the inflammatory response to trauma in the early stage lumps and lips. Okay. Now, there are other causes as well, which I'm sure we're going to get onto, but that's that's the one I think you're talking about. So if I'm a customer and I'm freaking out because I've got lumpy lips and I've never had lips done before, just generally, and now, you know, my partner might say to me, oh, I don't know why you've gone and had your lips done. You know, they're all lumpy. And then I send, because when people do these pictures and kind of lift their lip back up and kind of pull it a bit, it, does, it can look quite shocking. And I send that picture to the practitioner. What would you do if you received a picture like that? It depends hugely on the time that you receive it on. So if, if it's the day you've done the treatment, then I would reassure and say, you need to give it some time. It's way too early for me to be diagnosing a reaction or an infection or you know um, filler lumps that that aren't going to settle so the first first thing is time is really really important so many so many clinicians will go s- straight to the worst case scenario it doesn't matter when the actual reaction or problem happens so i mean this, this is similar with the with vascular occlusion in that if someone comes with delayed capillary refill they immediately think it's an occlusion whereas but if you've got that plus a hematoma and you're on day seven and it doesn't look necrotic it's probably not a, a vascular occlusion, but that the time makes a very big difference to what the diagnosis is. So the first thing is interpret the information that you've got in accordance with the time that it presents after the procedure. You can't make an assessment without knowing how long it was since the procedure took place. Similarly, if you're going to ask for help on this, it's one of the bugbears of um, I know managing a big group with thousands of practitioners. If you give the whole history, but you don't say when the when the procedure actually took place, it's almost impossible to make any diagnosis for almost anything unless the picture is barn door. So that's the first thing is interpret within the time frame of when the procedure happened. So if it was, let's say, a week plus and I've still got these lumps, what would you start to do? So a week afterwards with lumps, you're in the zone of starting to wonder whether this is either a reaction or an infection if they're getting worse. 
because you should start to settle down within the first three or four days. Certainly if I'm getting to kind of seven days afterwards and it seems like day seven is worse than day six, that is a red flag. Like you need to react quickly to that. That's quite possibly an infection, quite possibly a reaction. They're very hard to tell the difference. What it isn't is post-procedural swelling because it's too late for that. Okay. So how would I then begin to assess whether it's a reaction or an infection? Um, well, the degree of swelling is important. So it's really significant swelling a week after as we once surveyed, I think we had about 100 people in who answered the survey, probably a bit more than that, people, clinicians who'd had their lips done and asked them how long after the procedure were they still getting swelling. And we got 80% of people within four days were, were had minimal swelling. Um, but so, so there were a few people, even up to two weeks, but they were kind of getting to four, four to, you know, one to four percent, something like that, who would last for two weeks. So the vast majority of people within, within a week are pretty much getting back to normal. And so how can you distinguish between a reaction and an infection? It's very difficult, to be honest. So the, the gold standard would, would be that you'd send a, a sample and had it looked at in a lab, but almost no one will do that because obviously you're not going to biopsy someone, um, stick something extra into their lips. So you tend to make a judgment on clinical or treat it as both. So, um, the, the, but the, probably the biggest single difference would be that if it's isolated in one place on the lip, that's more likely infection. So if you're reacting, you'd think you've got filler, it's reacting to your immune system is reacting to it. Why would it just pick on one place? Whereas an infection could just pick on one place because you might have just dragged in a little bit of bacteria with your injection or maybe they lick their lips straight afterwards. I'm always amazed that we are, haven't got more lip infections because it doesn't matter how clean you are, it's right next to the dirtiest part of your face. Um, so you'd expect there to be plenty of infections. So I would look at the it being more more focused on one point. But having said that, you could get infections in two places or affecting the whole of the top lip. But you're looking for a focal point rather than a generalized reaction for for to make the diagnosis of an infection. Okay, that's super useful. And then if it is post-procedural, so just taking it back a notch to those people who have the swelling within that first week, sometimes I know even from colleagues that that can be quite shocking, can't it? But it's normal. Well, for them, it's normal, but or rather it's nothing to worry about, but they are getting big old lips. So mm. Again, how do you as a practitioner not freak out and think that's an infection or that's a reaction? It's hard because sometimes, I mean, we, I'm thinking of one person in particular who works for us who I won't mind me saying, but she um, she swells more than average, you'd say that. Um, and if she was a new client I'd never treated before, I might, I might more quickly treat her, but we know the time course of it. We've mapped it out. Um, it's predictable. It, it ends on its own. It isn't a true reaction because it doesn't persist. Um, it's just a bit more swelling than average. So that might give you one way of, of guiding it. But to be honest, the, the next category is um, is partly around how the patient reacts. So if someone is really upset on, you know, 24 hours later, I'd probably do what most practitioners do, which is put some ice on it, take some ibuprofen if you haven't got any problems, try an, an antihistamine. If 48 hours they're still very upset and they've done all of that, then I would step it up and I'd probably try uh, steroids. Now, I would at this point want to make sure that it's not an infection, but I can be fairly certain it's not an infection if it started really quickly. So within three or four hours, all, all the lip area was swollen and I used my normal uh, technique, then I can say that's much more likely post-procedural swelling uh, and therefore I could confidently treat with steroids. Um, but if you've got any doubt about being an infection, you want to be very careful about using steroids because that could trigger Or the other thing would be the start of cold sores. Mm, tell us about those. 
So there's a you can trigger cold sores. It's um it's maybe related to temperature. There's there's a, I can't remember the exact mechanism now. I did look it up once, but you basically the 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 neurons which are basically where the cold sores come from, um they are a little bit more likely to start producing cold sores if in changes of temperature, and there's something around the procedure that that seems to trigger this process trauma same as having dry lips or sun on your lips some some people will get a cold sore um, and the procedure will trigger them but that doesn't normally happen like the day of the procedure you'd normally expect it to build up over a day or two um, and then to peak at about seven days on, onto it so it's also a predict- predictable time course but it's usually in one pla- one place and i will say it looks like a sore doesn't it as well so it's different to yeah, lumps and usually focused it's it is the cold sores are so often for some reason confused for when vascular occlusion is going on. I think practitioners don't want to face their worst fear and 24, 48 hours afterwards, when it's actually getting quite bad, they will diagnose cold sores. I've I've heard I've had heard so many cases, I don't know where why it's so common, but it's basically that you get little vesicles that form with ne- with a necrotic lesion. Um, and so you've actually got little pustules forming. And they diagnosed it as a cold sore when actually you've got a necrotic lip. So don't confuse cold sores with um, uh, with necrosis. And the way to do the way to do that is the pattern. You, normally, a cold sore is on one place. It doesn't break out along the pa- along the path of the superior mm. labial artery or the inferior labial artery, which is what so often seems to happen. Okay, so tell me about infection. How is that likely to present? As a general rule, infection after a wound it doesn't start immediately. Although you may get, get it depends on the bacterial load. But mostly with a clean technique, you'll expect it to build up a little bit over the first 48 hours or so. So you expect the bulk of the infection to be a few days afterwards. So it's very clear on day three to seven, but it's probably not likely to show up on day one. And it's also a little bit less likely to show up on day 25. Um, That would be more likely reaction. So there's this, this rough time course, which, you know, you can, you can, broadly expect but it's it is always worth keeping your eyes open to things that don't quite fit the mold because nothing is exactly what you expect it to be and what do they look like so it's gradually increasing swelling uh, usually with a focal point um quite often the filler change it seems like everything changes texture you get a big immune response so if you actually feel people who've got an infection there's often firstly a focus that you can feel much firmer uh, and sometimes the filler is a little bit a little bit hard in the in the surrounding areas as well um you should be more painful, should be swollen. Um, you might, uh, if it's bad enough, start to see some discoloration. So, you know, a little bit of pustule forming. But I would be very concerned about it being necrosis if you're seeing a lot of, a lot of pustules forming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and particularly if it's focused in one place. So you'd, you'd rather have normal capillary refill with swollen red. Um, maybe there's a pustule if you're unlucky, but you wouldn't have a, a kind of darkish lift with delayed, delayed capillary refill. Um, with some pustules, that's a different diagnosis. It's got bacteria in it, but it's not the primary diagnosis would be a vascular occlusion in those cases. I think probably one of the most common ones that I see on groups, on Facebook groups of, of practitioners is these lumps that kind of are there a good few weeks later. What are they? You're much more in the realm of a delayed onset nodule. So delayed onset lesions are probably caused by the immune system reacting to the filler in some way. Now, the big debate is, is there a little bit of bacteria in there with it? And there have been some studies that have said, yes, there's always some bacteria in there with it. And there have been others that have said they haven't been able to isolate anything. So uh, one of the theories is it's a biofilm reaction. Uh, my personal opinion is that 
it will be sometimes, but those are more like more like an infection. They tend to be localized in one place. One lump that's troublesome comes and goes over a period of time. That's more likely to be biofilm reaction. If you're reacting to the product, it tends to be everything going off at once. Um, and those reactions can be because your immune system is just hyper-stimulated by something else or that you're just unlucky to basically react to filler. So examples would be a, fl a flu-like illness, any um, allergic reaction generally, you can, you seem to be, or people seem to um, direct some of the immune system's attention on the filler when they're fighting another illness. So that that's the most typical thing is um, they're fine for a few months, they get a runny nose, you know, a cough, uh, two or three days later, their filler all goes lumpy. Um, if you do nothing, the percentage of them will recover and you don't need to do anything. You can you can have antihistamines, might help a bit. Ibuprofen might help a bit. Um, a percentage will go on and get worse and then you get this much more um, obvious response and they're important to treat because, and this is my personal theory, it may not be correct, but a chronic long-term infection does make sense from the pathophysiology of, uh, of inflammation that you lay down collagen and then those lumps could be permanent. So I don't want to leave people reacting with an undiagnosed lump for too long. I, I'd rather treat them sooner to reduce the chance of long-term lumpiness caused by collagen deposition by the immune system reacting to the filler. And how would you treat? First thing is that you, you can always give it a bit of time to see the direction it's going on. If someone's got a very small, you know, they've got a cough or a cold and they've got a little bit of a little bit of swelling, um, but there's nothing major. They haven't got a temperature. They're not seriously unwell. Um, they just have a bit of extra swelling in their lips. You could leave that if they're not too bothered. They're at home for a few days and just monitor it closely. Um, the next one would be if you've ruled out infection, which is very important you rule out infection before you start prescribing steroids, but you could use steroids. Uh, you could use antihistamines before that, probably slightly safer. Going on from that, if they are still reacting, and maybe another reason I've, I've used hyaluronidase in the past is that they come down a little bit on steroids. As soon as the steroids come back off, they react again. So in those cases, you would probably, I would probably dissolve it. Um, it does depend. Some of this is, you know, the, sometimes the client is desperate for it to work. And mm. for me personally, my personal style is let's sort it out. Let's not let it brewing. I don't like uncertainty with medical things. If I can, if I can neutralize it with something safe rather than let it go on for too long, I feel better doing that. Mm. Um, so yeah, but that's, there's a lot of practitioner kind of variation in that approach. And then what about lumps that actually, I think the public probably are the most aware of, that the filler either hasn't been placed smoothly or it is clumping itself afterwards. What, what do we do about that? And how do we know that that, how do we diagnose? Yeah. So actually, personally, my, my suspicion is many of these pictures that you see that says, oh, the previous practitioner was awful and we saved them. Um, are quite often reactions or infections, um, certainly reaction or some something reactive going on. And there's there's a a very typical um, shape you see where they get little lumps on the inside mm -hmm. of the lip, and no no one really injects there. Uh, I've had on one of my clients, I never inject there. There's something going on with a degree of reactiveness. Um, maybe there's something on with how the position the filler moves over time, um, but it's quite often that there's there's been some sort of um, some sort of medical problem that then is dissolved and that does solve the problem, then you can retreat. And you might be lucky it may not happen again if it was due to a, a, an illness that, that they were having. Um, but that's that's quite common. Uh, I think injection error does happen more commonly than bad injections because most people, you know, if you're bad at injecting, you don't tend to get very busy. So it tends to happen once, you know, and really, you're not really enjoying yourself because you're getting these follow-ups and you, you'll it'll peter out. Um, it doesn't matter, medic or non-medic, like that's the kind of thing. If you're not enjoying it, you're probably going to stop, you'd think. Um, 
or you're going to get better at it. So I don't, I don't see loads of problems that are to do with bad injection. More commonly is just semi-bad injections. It's not horrific. It's just not particularly sculpted or p- particularly well-placed, and it just doesn't look that nice. Yeah, but so it's not crazy lumpy. Yeah, anything. there may be a degree of lumpiness, but most lumps, if it's just simple injection, bad injection, you should be able to massage it out. Yes. Uh, you know, a, a, because we offer free consultations, I quite quite often someone will come and see me cheekily kind of pop in for a follow-up from someone else done their treatment. Once they're in the waiting room and they're booked in, I'll normally massage it out and send them on their way. It's like a free service. And when you were able to, like, how do you know this is appropriate to massage as a, once you've ruled out all the other things? Yeah, that's a good question. So when you're examining a patient with a lump in the lip, um, firstly, you want to see, is this just one lump or is this multiple nodules all over the place? Because that completely sways you into a different territory. Um, does Is there any sign of infection? Is it uh, is the blood flow normally? When was the procedure taken on? All those diagnostic things you need to pull, pull together. Um, then when you actually feel the lump, that's really helpful because a non-inflammatory nodule will be should be fairly non-tender to squeeze. You should be able to squeeze in. It. it should feel similar to the rest of the lip. And those are the ones I'd feel a bit more confident giving a little, little bit more of a squeeze to so that they just dissipate. And I'd say 60% of the time they just blend in if you just squeeze hard enough. And you're blending in, you're not taking away the other filler that's worked well, are you? So that's yeah, good. Yeah, just smoothing it. What about different types of filler? Is there one that's more prone to lumps than another? Well, it's a really, it's a really difficult question to answer because mostly we don't have data on most fillers. So the FDA approved ones, we do have some data and you could probably look up the ratio of lumps for those. The rest of it, you're relying on um, experience. Now, I always think, when I think back to how I first started, um, it was hydrophil I used to use. Um, it took me so long to actually get to know what that product was like because you don't, what they all look pretty much, I think they look the same on the day, like give or take a little bit more definition with some products. Um, but mostly, even if you inject saline, you can give someone slightly bigger lips for an hour or two. Um, so it's really hard to get to know a filler based on what it looks like on the day. And if you've been doing aesthetics for six months, it's actually really hard for you to know, unless you've been super busy, mm-hmm. you're seeing one or two clients a week or even one or two a day. Uh, within six months, you're going to have a rough idea, but you're not going to be able to compare with anything. So what you get whenever you ask someone on a forum, which filler do you, do you like? You get everyone saying that they like the filler that they currently use. Um, you know, I don't blame them because we tend, otherwise you wouldn't be using it. So, oh, I love it. It's, I would, I swear by it, get beautiful results by it, but it's not a test. Um, you have no idea really by what people say, unfortunately, because that's actually what most of us are going on. Um, what you have to lean on is your own ability over time to get to know that particular product. And it's, it's not even always about finding good products versus bad products as much as it is about knowing the properties of your product so that you can predict how it's likely to play out. Okay, I think we've probably given you a pretty good overview. Remember, if you want a really detailed look at everything we've spoken about, um, then you can go to the website. How do you get there again? So the description below, there's a link through to a brilliant page on Tim's website, all about lumps and lips. Okay, thank you for watching. Take care.